0: This is Popular Front, a podcast focused on the niche details of modern warfare and underreported conflict with me, Jake Hanrahan. Today we're speaking to researcher and activist Ma'aza Gidey. She's going to be speaking to us about the war in a region called Tigray basically ethiopia has launched an assault on a region they're what you might call a separatist region they want to rule themselves and be left alone and ethiopia has basically said no we don't want that to happen There's been massacres. It's been very brutal already. You might not have heard of it, though, because it's a very hard place to work. So we're relying uh, on people like Maaza to get the information out. If you like what we're doing here at Popular Front, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com slash popular front. There's been this conflict in, uh, in Tigray. Um... A lot of people are not seeing what's going on. It's been quite underreported. Obviously, it's hard to to film there. It's hard to report from there. But there have been some horrific war crimes carried out by the looks of it. Maybe you can just go back to the start and explain to us where is this place and why is there a war raging for it now?
1: Uh, Tigray is a region within Ethiopia. It's located on the northernmost part of the country. Um, It inhabits over 7 million people. Um, it's it's uh, one of the 10 ethnic uh, groups. Uh, uh one of the over 80 ethnic groups was in Ethiopia. We commonly speak a language called Tigrinya. Um, it's known for its uh, beautiful mountains and very hospitable people and hardworking people as well. Um, Tigra is also home to the ancient civilization of Aksumite Kingdom. Uh, it's home to, you know, uh, the oldest or, or the first mosque in Africa called al Um, It's also home to the very uh, historic place called Adwa, it's it's a it's a place where you know Africans or Black Africans were um, successful in defeating colonizers for the very first time in history. The Battle of Adwa. It's it's located within Tigray. Um, so having said this, um, Ethiopia has always had a problem when it comes to uh, ethnic ethnic city and their desire to be self governed and self administered. Um, we have had several several civil wars. All of it, if you look into it, goes back to the question of um, sovereignty of each nation and nationalities within the country, and then one nationality trying to, um, you know, impose some sort of imperial imperial, uh, rule and also um, ethnic hegemony. So because of that, we have had so many um, civil wars, but uh, in 1991, Um, A coalition of different ethnic cities, they came together, they fought a military dictatorship called DERC for about 17 years. And in 1991, they were able to establish an ethnic federalism system uh, that allows a nation and nationality who was in Ethiopia to be be self-governed, to have the right to exercise their language, their identity, their culture, what have you. So, for about 27 years after uh, 1991, Ethiopia coexisted peacefully. Um, those were the years where Ethiopia, as a country, has um, registered one of the booming economic transformations. Uh, Ethiopia was able to uh, boost in its economy, but also to implement a lot of developmental agendas and goals. Uh, because of this, uh, the life expectancy improved, the living capacity improved. And Ethiopia, you know, turned from at one point no, being known for famine and droughts, uh, it started to be known for its rapid economic growth. And um, this is all because of the works of the political parties that represent the different ethnic groups in Ethiopia, uh, including TPLF. Uh, TPLF stands for the Tigray People's Liberation Front. It represents the people of Tigray. So this is the background. But uh, in 2018 and and prior to that, there has been a lot of um, resistance coming from the Oromo community Oromo is one of the biggest or the largest ethnic groups who's in Ethiopia. And because of the active resistance, then the Zen prime minister had to resign from office. Uh, His name was Halimar DeSaling. He resigned, and following that, the current uh, uh, leader of Ethiopia, Abiy Ahmed, was nominated by the Coalition of Political Parties. Uh, in order to prepare the country for an upcoming election that was supposed to happen uh, la- on last year, May. Um, however, um, this uh, individual wanted to stay in power, uh, but he understood that he didn't have the Public support that was necessary for him to stay in power if election is going to happen. He knew that he was not going to be elected because his economic policies and strategies uh, were not necessarily uh, beneficial to majority of Ethiopians, which happened to be farmers. So um, he wanted to, you know, introduce neoliberalism and other kinds of polit- economic policies that do not necessarily benefit the the poor and, and the, you know, the marginalized part of Ethiopia. And so uh, he knew he didn't have the legitimacy, so he wanted to uh, stay in power, and then he used um, he used COVID-19, as most dictator regimes across the world did, in order to erode democracy, uh, and he unilaterally uh, decided to postpone the election. Um, The people of Tigray, through their political representatives, opposed that decision, and they went ahead to have their own regional election, which, by the way, is allowed according to the Ethiopian constitution. Um, Following that development, the federal government, based in, in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, deemed this election illegitimate, illegal, and void, uh, and so both the original government of Tigray and the federal government Ethiopia started to denounce each other, denying legitimacy to one another. Um, prior to this, there have been a lot of issues when it comes to protecting and maintaining the human security of Tigrayans. Um, this was amplified in uh, the prime minister's uh, policy in uh, cutting budget that was supposed to go to Tigray, uh, making sure that Tigray farmers were not getting the aid subsidy that they were supposed to get from the federal government. Um, Foreign investors, particularly Chinese investors, were blocked from uh, going to Tigray and investing there. Um, A lot of prominent Tigrayan political figures were arrested arbitr- arbitrarily and then Tigran, you know, started to feel the heat uh, so but the last straw was the election we had um last year and then uh, because of that the tensions really grew and then uh on November 4th uh, the Ethiopian government um when the world was busy, you know, focused on the U.S. election, he waged a war against the people of Tigray. And now here we are with, you know, thousands and, and civilians' uh, life being lost and over 60,000 people uh, becoming refugees in Sudan and over 2.5 million people uh, internally, being inter- forced to to be displaced internally. So this is what what's happening so far. And the, the main reason is basically... Uh, the Tigray people desire to be self-administered. And on the other side, you have uh, a dictator regime who wants to um, deny people their right to be self-governed and self-administered. And instead, he wants to um, impose a unitarist uh, sort of governance and the people of Tigray are not willing and and ready to have that kind of governance. And that's why they're fighting the war.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely true that the... um you know, it's very authoritarian uh, in in Ethiopia. I've looked into doing stories there before and it's just, you know, very dangerous for press, definitely. Um, But what about the people of Tigray? Like, what kind of politics... Um, their leaders trying to You know, I know they want to be separate, they want to be on their own, but what kind of region are they trying to build for themselves?
1: So the people of Tigray ever since the existence of Ethiopia they have always fought for their right to be self, uh, for their right to be self administered. Uh, We can compromise on so many things but the one thing we would never ever compromise is our right to be administered by people that look like us, people who do speak our language, people who do understand our heritage and our culture. So in quest of that right Tigrayans have always always uh, pleaded for peaceful inclusive dialogue you know to to have that kind of governance through peaceful mechanisms and not necessarily through war and um they have they have tried to bring all nations and nationalities to the table and form an ethnic based um federalism so they did that for 27 years peacefully, Ethiopia was living in, in peace and harmony. I'm not saying everything was perfect, but at least for the most part, there wasn't a genocide. There wasn't a systemic or an overt ethnic cleansing. Um, so that's what tigrans have always wanted. Um, but unfortunately, the current administration in Ethiopia is not willing to see that. They, they don't want us to have their right to be administered by our own people, people that we voted for. So... Uh, they wish the war but even up until now the Tigrayan people are determined to defend their right to, to be self-administered um and le- like unless they wipe us all out we will never sit down uh, for a governance that is imposed upon us a governance that we didn't elect we didn't vote for so up until now the one thing that the people of Tigray want is to be left alone to be able to administer their region in accordance their own interests and demands, interests and demands that do not necessarily infringe upon the interests and demands of other ethnic groups within Ethiopia. So all we want is to be treated equally within our own country. All we want is to be seen as human beings and not a pol- and not and not a political poly uh, that would deemed as you know the source of all evils in Ethiopia just because it's easy for political expediency to say that. So. The people of Tigray want to have their right self-administration and self-governance to be respected in accordance to the principles and rights that are enshrined within the Ethiopian constitution.
0: Right, right. Um, and what, what, how did the war start? What did they do? Did the Ethiopian troops just surround the place and go in or was it a slower process? How did that all uh, unfold?
1: So right after Abiy Ahmed came to power, some about almost three years ago now, the first thing he did was forge alliance with the Eritrean dictator called Issa Um, Under the pretext of bringing peace between the two countries, uh, there has been a military pact that was signed between both leaders. Um, following that uh, so-called peace agreement, you would see the leader of Eritrea coming and visiting Ethiopia multiple times uh, without reaching to Tigray. Tigray is, uh, it's a region that directly connects Eritrea and Ethiopia. Uh, However, the Tigray administration and the people of Tigray were excluded from that a so-called peace agreement treaty uh, even from that peace uh you know process um and so the border was briefly closed for about a week or so and after that it went back on to be closed just like how it was for over 20 e- years so following this development you have an Eritrean dictator coming to ethiopia every week visiting every military camp conspiring on all possible tactics that they could be both use in order to subjugate the people of Tigray. So following this on November 3rd, um, b- before November 3rd, uh, there was military movements both from the Eritrea side and also uh, from the Amhara region would it's an Ethiopian region adjacent to Tigray from that region and also from the federal army. Um, the federal government has sent a lot of military um, personnel and officials to Tigray to the capital city Um, and there were some political some military tensions so but on the on the November 4th the Eritrean troops started, they came and then encircled Tigray, and then the Amharas, they also entered into Tigray, so Tigray got encircled, and then there was some sort of military attack on the uh, Ethiopian National uh, Army's uh, post that was in Tigray in Maghalla, and then they had to defend themselves. The idea was to take all military armaments out of Tigray so that Tigray wouldn't have anything to defend itself with. So there was an attack both from the Amharas uh, and also from uh, the Eritrean uh, troops to this military post and an attempt to take all military forces and And the Tigray regional forces. They had to intervene and and, and try to defend and try to mitigate the, the, the circumstance that didn't succeed. So after that, it became a full-blown war.
0: Jesus. Um, and what kind of uh, militants, or at least, you know, the, the armed wing of the political groups in Tigray, how are they? Like, what? how well are they supplied? Are they fighting the war? Are they like outnumbered? Or is it guerrilla fighting? I've honestly not seen a lot about the actual fighters, you know, what's going on there? I-
1: I- Ethiopia, like Ethiopia, generally, because it's the regions, it's because it's a federal system, the regions do have autonomy over their own region, over their own territory. So most of not most, even all of the Ethiopian uh, regions, they do have their own military and militia forces and special forces. Mm. So Tigray also had that. And um, so that's how it's trying to defend itself. Uh, But at the moment, because we all, Tigrans, feel like this is an attack against our identity and also against our collective existence, everyone is willing to die for uh, its country and the principle of self-governance. Because for us, the alternative is slavery. For us, the alternative is to kneel down and be subjugated to, uh, you know, an imposed leadership. So... Uh, the choice is clear for Tigrans. We want to die fighting for our rights and for our people. And so uh, everyone is ready to fight for their country. That's why you see a lot of uh, younger people joining the armed struggle. Um, but at the same time, we understand the cost of war because um, war is not really something that we watched on TV or movies. It's something that we were forced to go through. It's something that we were forced to live under uh, under different regimes. So we understand how costly it is, and as much as possible, we do our best to avoid it. And the people of Tigray, even now, as we're being slaughtered like chicken, we're asking for cessation of hostilities and peaceful dialogue. So um, I don't have the military expertise, and I cannot speak to, you know, how many armed members they have, what kind of armaments are, they are using, but I know that everyone is willing to and ready to die for their country.
0: Um, okay, so what, what is happening right now? What's the stage um, of the war? The last time I was reading about it, I think maybe a week ago, there'd been some really horrific kind of, I think there was a massacre. You know, what stage is it all at?
1: now we are on day uh, 121 since the war was wished, uh, against us and uh, following this uh, within all this time uh, there has been mass massacre in different parts of the country starting from Aksum. The Aksum massacre was well documented by the International Amnesty. There has been another another massacre in a place called Dangalat. This was well documented by the CNN. Uh, there has been massacre in Wukro, in Adigrat and Ma'ala, These are cities in Who's in Tigray? So there has been a mass massacre of uh, the Tigray community. There has been a weaponized rape girls as young as five years old are being raped uh, by uh, military forces from the Eritrea troop, from the Eritrea troop, from the Amhara militias, as well as the Ethiopian uh, National Army. Um, there has been weaponized hunger. Uh, there is no uh, humanitarian access to Tigray. And so uh, over 4.5 million people are facing a man-made famine. Um, people are dying, not because of, you know, the bullets and the war planes, but also because of uh, hunger and starvation, uh, hospitals has been looted. There is no any medicine. Uh, and so people are also dying of preventable diseases because they don't have access to much needed health care. Um, factors have been bombed, universities have, have been bombed, all sorts of war crimes that you could think of have happened in the past 120 days, and even now uh, there is still no access to, uh, you know, humanitarian aid workers, uh, and so to grants are starving to death. Not necessarily because there is no one willing and ready to help, but because uh, the federal government in Ethiopia has uh, rejected calls for humanitarian corridor. Um, although, you know, the UN has signed two agreements with the Ethiopian governments for unfettered and unrestricted humanitarian corridor. Uh, the government is yet to materialize that uh, promise. Uh, the, the UN has tried to avail a humanitarian corridor at the beginning, but its its workers, its staffers were shot at twice. So imagine a government that doesn't even a government that's that has the courage and to to shoot at a UN Member, a UN staffer—you can only imagine what they are doing to innocent civilians. So um, this is where we are, uh, but we're still pleading for the international community to intervene. Um, there has been, you know, some development, hopeful development, uh, uh, particularly. Uh, because of the mounting pressure from the international community, uh, the Ethiopian regime has been uh, forced into granting access to seven international medias. And four of them were already in, in Tigray, only in Maala, in the capital city, uh, but still their journalists, their fixers and translators continue to be arrested and jailed. So this is where we are at the moment.
0: Yeah, this is the problem. I was looking into potentially going there and it was just the you know, the chance of just getting arrested or the people you work with getting arrested was so high. For me it was like it's it's not worth it right now. It's a real shame. You're you're in touch with people uh in the in the area under siege. What are they saying is happening? What's it like out there?
1: Um I, I still have I'm I'm not still able to reach to my family members, my relatives.
0: You can't anymore, no?
1: I, I can't, I, I, I don't know where they are. So of course, they're, again, because of the mounting pressure, um, the Ethiopian government has been forced to restore telecommunication only in, in the capital city, uh, in Tigray. Uh, so my family members that used to live in Tigray um, I, I can't locate them. I tried to call them. Their phones are not working. Um, I don't know where the rest of my family members are because they used to live all across the gray. So um, I still am not able to hear from my family, and it has been over 120 days. So you can imagine the agony that one must be going through, uh, reading all the news about you know, the atrocities, uh, war crimes happening to other civilians. I don't know. One of them could be my family member. Um, But as I said, we're not just only worried about our immediate family members, it's about our collective existence. Uh, And so I I have been able to speak with some people in Ma'ala and elsewhere, and they tell me that... um, Eritrean troops continue to go door to door looking for young men as young as 12 years old, they will pull them out of their house and they'll kill them right in front of their faces. Um, There still continues to be a weaponized rape and weaponized hunger. Uh, People are still, you know, scared even to, uh, you know, even to speak with us. They won't talk to us freely because they know the government is listening. And if they say one wrong thing, one wrong thing. Like if they try to tell us what exactly is happening on the ground in detail, they will be shot at and killed and murdered. So people are still living under agony. There is still an active war happening, people are fighting all across the, um, the region, uh, there are drone attacks, drones that are sponsored by the United Arab Emirates, uh, their troops are pretty much still uh, within Tigray, they're ravaging villages and cities all across, uh, and, and people are still suffering, they're still dying. Um, so what's happening is truly alarming, uh, and, and I feel like, you know, it's a genocide, what hap- what's happening is a genocide, uh, and so the world ought to do something about it, um, because, you know, we collectively, as as uh, as a global citizens, we failed Rwanda in early uh, 90s, and now we're failing the people of Tigray, uh, we promised that it would never happen again, you know, global leaders say never again after Rwanda, but Again, it's happening in Tigray and they're not doing much to stop it. So um, what's happening is really, really alarming. And, and I think the world should do something about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, global leaders love to say never again. And then they end up doing trade deals with people that are doing very similar atrocities. It's, it's terrible. Um, I'm really sorry to hear that about your family. I hope you find them. Um, is, it, is it the government turning off the Internet, right? is turning off the Internet and the, and the phone systems and that. Um, how long has that been going on for?
1: Yeah, Tigray hasn't had any internet access ever since the war was waged. Ever since November 4th, uh, there hasn't been any internet connection in Tigray. And that's mainly because the government shut it down because they want to control the narrative. Um, They're doing everything they can in order to censor the information that either, uh, you know, comes out of Tigray or goes into Tigray. So they blocked the internet. There hasn't been any phone connectivity. Uh, still, Tigray is shut down from the international community. That's why you don't really see much of the atrocities that are being committed. Um, the very little information we have, it's because of uh, eyewitness accounts of refugees that are currently in Sudan. And, and some people have made it out. Uh, you know out of the war zone so uh, journalists were able to interview these people outside of Tigray other than that there still is not any communication or connectivity to Tigray
0: Um, and what is the the government in Ethiopia what's their response what are they saying you know I know it's all raging control but what are they saying in the media they calling the uh you know the young men resisting and they calling them terrorists they are they using that kind of rhetoric
1: Yeah, um, even from the very beginning, the Ethiopian government wants the world to believe that this is a law and order operation. They don't even admit that it's war. And they say that, they're you know, going after the original leadership, the political party called Tepellev. Uh, they, they say that Tipelev is all responsible. You know, they, they, they blame them for all sorts of criminal activities that you can think of. Uh, however, as I was telling you, and as you were able to read from different reports but for yourself, the, the people that are dying, the people that are suffering the most are not politicians. I am not a politician, and yet I am not able to speak with my family for over 120 days. So the the, the factors that they're burning are not owned by the political party. The universities that sh- that shelled and bombed, they are not owned by the political party. The mosque, the very historical mosque that they bombed, is not owned by a political party. The religious, really you know, leaders that are slaughtered, they're not politicians. So. The federal government is saying this is a law and order operation. Uh, They said it would only take them three days. And yet here we are after four months talking about the crisis. uh, They said they denied every possible thing that you would read on internet. They would deny it um whenever international, you know, uh, journalists or intergovernmental institutions talk about the atrocities, the suffering of civilians, they would go and attack this, uh, you know, actors saying that, oh, you are you're like fake news, just like what Trump used to do in the States. Uh, they're trying to discredit our voices and they they anyone who opposes, like, like, you know, this genocidal war is deemed a terrorist. So that could be the regional governance, the TPLF, that could be myself. And then maybe even tomorrow, if you tweet about this, saying how, you know, both uh, sides should stop the war and try to resolve things through negotiation, you would be deemed a terrorist by the by the federal government. So that's what they're trying saying. Uh, they deny that you know, civilians have been impacted by this. They deny that. uh, They even went to the extent to uh, blame all the refugees that are in Sudan right now. They call them terrorist groups. All 60,000 of them in the eyes of the Etuban government are terrorist groups.
0: Yeah, it's very, it's very typical of um, authoritarian leaders to do that. Just call everybody that doesn't agree with them a terrorist and be had, you know, have done with it um what what kind of resistance is being put up are the, are the young men fighting against this are they actually managing to you know fight back are they doing okay out there
1: yeah, uh, from the very little uh, information we have, uh, we know uh, the the Tigray Defense Forces are still fighting. They're still, uh, you know, uh, gaining some momentum here and there. Uh, however, uh, it's, it's it's very important to understand that uh, only a group of maybe over 250 uh, military groups are fighting against ha- almost half a million troops. Well armed and prepared and trained troops, uh, troops that have been, you know, preparing for this for over 30 years, like the Eritrean armies. Um, I don't know how much you know about Eritrea, but Eritrea is a, a militarized country for the past 30 years. Ever since they gained their independence from Ethiopia, uh, they have they have had a forced military conscription all young men and women are forced to serve for about 2 years and then within those 2 years they're trained in a like you know in a very intense military camp so now the tigray people are having to fight these people as well not only ethiopian national army and the amhara militias and and, and but in addition to that, also the Eritrean troops. So uh, there are over half a million military groups that are currently deployed in Tigray, going, fighting against um, the people of Tigray. So although the Tigrayan younger men and women are willing to die for their country, but it defies logic because it's, it's very difficult because... Um, the federal government of Ethiopia is still being aided and supported by United Arab Emirates with drones and very advanced, um, you know, military armaments. So no matter how strong the people of Tigray are, uh, logically speaking, it's very difficult to imagine their resilience. Uh, So I I believe they're doing their very best, but I I don't want it to be the case. I want the war to stop because no one is winning in this war, really. We all are dying and that's not good for any of us.
0: Yeah, when when uh, one side has an air force and drones, it's very difficult for for the other to actually make any inroads. Um, how many people roughly were in Tigray before all of this? How big is it?
1: So the last consensus we had was like over, um, I would say, over ten years ago, and ac- according to that, Tigray, uh, the Tigrayan population amounts to uh, from seven million to ten million. Um, but at the moment right now, as I said, um, 60,000, over 60,000 of them have become refugees in Sudan and 2.5 million of them have uh, internally displaced. And, um, and, and over, f- I, I believe over 52,000 people, civilians have been killed. Uh, this is a report that came uh, maybe a month ago. According to that report, over fifty thousand civilians have been killed. So I don't know how many Tigrayans are left on the ground, but I, I can assure you that majority of the Tigrayan population is highly impacted by this.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And what's going on in terms of trying to bring this to some kind of ceasefire? Are they are they does it look like that might happen? Or is Ethiopia just saying no, like we're gonna keep going?
1: Even before the war started, uh, because as I told you, there was growing ethnic tensions across the board, not only between uh, the federal government and Ethiopia and Tigray, but even from the Oromo community and other ethnic groups, there were issues. And so the Tigray political leadership were asking and calling for an all-inclusive national dialogue, uh, a dialogue that is going to include all political prisoners from across the board, that is going to include all, um, you know, people with dissenting ideas. Uh, But the federal government rejected that call. And after that, the war was waged. And even now, Ever since the war was waged against the people of Tigray, their leadership continued to ask for cessation of hostilities as well as national dialogue, but the government is still denying that. And there has been a lot of calls from global leaders for cessation of hostilities and, and a dialogue. Still, the uh, regime decides to ignore all those calls or the initiatives that were taken by African leaders as well as uh, you know the US and other gov- uh, global governors um, the Ethiopian government is rejecting all this calls for cessation of hostilities.
0: Uh, it doesn't look like it, it's going to stop anytime soon though, right?
1: Yeah, it doesn't because, um, unfortunately it, I, I think the war is, uh, is going to last for a little, because as I said, you have two forces. And on the one hand, you have a group of people that have paid a lot and sacrificed a lot for their right to be self-governed and administered, and they're still determined to pay whatever it takes to see that right actualize. On the other side, you have a group of people um, that are hell-bent on exterminating an entire ethnic group. So unless one one of the distant Two things happens: uh, the war won't stop, um, and unfortunately, um, at the beginning, my hope was, you know, for the UN and other uh, intergovernmental organizations to intervene and stop a bloodshed. Uh, but uh, the UN and, and other uh, institutions don't seem to to move with the sense of urgency we would like them to. So unless someone Actually, takes a concrete step and measures towards putting an end to this war. Um, I don't think the Ethiopian government is going to be one stop it. And in the midst of all of this, innocent lives are going to continue to be lost.
0: Yeah, it's a real shame. Um, is there anything else you think we should mention before we wrap this one up?
1: Yeah, I I would love to call upon to your listeners. Uh, there is an action that they can take, an action that would hopefully help us to
0: sure.
1: uh, put pressure on global leaders as well as the regime in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, uh, so that you know we could save whatever is left left of our region and our country. These actions are start by first of all tweet about the genocide that's happening using the hashtag Tigray Genocide, and also in addition, to, well, generally educate yourself. You know try to get more more information about what's happening and if you want to do that you can head to omna.org it's o-m-n-a and tigray.org uh, this is a website through which we're trying to put an educated advocacy we compile information from credible sources for you to read review and to have your own opening based on the information and the facts that you'll be provided with and after once you educate yourself, we would like you to, to stay engaged and to help us raise awareness by tweeting on Twitter using the hashtag genocide. In addition to that, we would appreciate it if you would call... Um, your local representative, political representatives, MP members, ask them what they're doing to save innocent lives uh, in relation to the Tigray don- genocide, and also make sure that you don't um, uh, support the war directly through your money. Uh, for example, if you are a frequent flyer of the Ethiopian Airlines, we are gen- we. We urge you to stop that, to reconsider using that airlines because they have been very instrumental uh, in the genocide that's happening, either by transporting um, armaments or soldiers that are killing innocent lives or By uh, ethnically profiling Tigran uh, employees of their company, so we urge you to stop using Ethiopian Airlines. And also, uh, you know, if you're a lover, you know, who buys flowers, make sure that your your flowers are not coming from Ethiopia, because. If, if so, your, your money is indirectly uh, supporting and, and financing the genocide that's happening. So these are some of the actions and the ways that you can help us. But most importantly, please reach out to your community members, family members, and tell them about the innocent lives that are perishing in the dark and tigray region of Ethiopia. And if you, if you guys want to learn more, again, uh, go ahead and check Omnategrai.org on all social media platforms. We would did, would be happy to answer any question you might have and would like to collaborate with anyone who's willing uh, to, to save innocent lives.
0: Brilliant. Thanks. Um, and if people want to get in touch with you on Twitter or wherever, um, what's your, your social media handles?
1: My social media handle is Maaza G. It's M-E-A-Z-A capital letter g underscore it's maaza g underscore
0: thank you so much appreciate that
1: thank you so much we appreciate the opportunity thank you
0: that was maaza Gidei speaking about the attacks on tigray and how ethiopia has been massacring massacring citizens there If you like what we're doing here at Popular Front, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com slash popularfront, or you can go to popularfront.co slash support. Uh, This episode was sponsored by Oracle Coffee Shop in Portland, Oregon, USA. They're an independent coffee shop selling only fair trade products. See them at 3875 Southwest Bond Avenue, 97239. Episode is also sponsored by Grind Core House, a pair of independent coffee shops in Philadelphia, USA, one in south, one in west. Check them out on social media at Grindcore House. Pay them a visit. The episode is also sponsored by Propagandopolis, P-R-O-P-A-G-A-D-O-P-O-L-I-S. Propagandopolis, an outlet selling and informing people about historical conflict propaganda. Get prints at propagandopolis.com and use the code popularfront10 for 10% off. Again, if you want to support us, you like what we're doing, Please do consider supporting the Patreon Go to patreon.com Slash popular front You get uh, bonus episodes At least two a month Access to the community discord You get to see the whole series we have about how to be a journalist How to learn things Without having to go to any University or anything like that You get uh, Narrated articles um, You get Episodes before anyone else uh documentary stuff before anybody else yeah there's a lot going on there and the more money we make on the patreon the more we put back into popular front ask anyone that's a patreon they will uh confirm that patreon.com slash popular front we do not take money from corporates we don't take money from any big advertising or anything like that everything is grassroots everything is independent so this is how we keep growing we can't even make money off of our documentaries that we make on youtube because youtube has completely demonetized us and i refuse to put in um you know advertising placements in a fucking documentary about war i'm not doing that so we make a massive loss actually every time we make a documentary um speaking of documentaries by the time you hear this our new documentary ghosts of karabakh will be out it's a documentary uh, basically showing the uneasy ceasefire in nagorno karabakh or artsakh Uh, we show a lot about the uh the war between armenia and azerbaijan Uh, myself and uh, johnny pickup cameraman uh, director of photography whatever you want to call it uh, we were out there uh, in January um, Very sad situation there But yeah, definitely check it out YouTube.com Slash Popular Front Check us out on Instagram At Instagram.com Slash Popular.front Twitter At PopularFrontCO Our website www.popularfront.co uh, If you want to follow me on any social medias It's just At Jake underscore Hanrahan And if you want to contact me Go to my website Jake Hanrahan, I know there's a lot of people who have emailed me But I'm busy as shit So if I haven't got back to you I'm sorry, uh, I will eventually Or if, you know, it's a stupid email Then I I guess I won't But generally I'll try and get back to everybody Um, Yeah The music in this episode The intro was by Home And the outro was by Sam Black You can hear Sam's music at SamBlackPF.com Definitely check him out He makes all the music for us Uh, Yeah, check him out SamBlackPF.com uh, if you like what we're doing, you can support us on the Patreon, as I said. And if you're a high-tier Patreon uh, member, you get um, a lot... Of, well, you get you get, you get get more behind-the-scenes shit, as in, like, while things are being made. So, for example, like, the latest doc, uh, Ghost of Karabakh. I put a rough cut of the doc there over two weeks ago now. So they saw that way before it was coming out. But, yeah, also, name shouted out, et cetera, et cetera. So, thank you very much to the uh, higher-tier Patreons. They are Cherry Cheng. Ben Marshall, Dallas Dunn, MJ, Meredith Waters, Bethany Swoveland, C. O'Donnell, Adam H., Ryan Barbadillo, Damian Boyd, Larson8669, Bjorn Kirsten, Diamond Steen, Jacob, Michael O'Connor, Taylor Kidd, Zach Picard, Todd Cravens, Alexander, Nicholas Butter, Ron Swanson, JD, Jav, Ian Froese, James Cully, Michael Akakan, Ethan, Fitzmadrid, Joe Watt, Ed Kulthard, Johnny LaFlair, Clayton Taylor, Helen Degenerate, Mike Barone, Liam Williams, Chris Cusimano, Degenerate Zero Alpha, Jojo Arani, DR, Trey Nance, Amy R, Rubicon, Frank Austin, Amelia Me, Noaiz, Christina Rivetti, Freya Northman, Ali Hunter, Moody Al Rashid, Bill Wilson, Andrew Hurley, Vida Provost, Brian McLaughlin, Tom Lachrin, Young Wasabi, Tony Bin, Adam Bergsnyder, JL, Sebastian, Stephen Davila, Anthony Kabarak, Dan Donham, Fletcher Tate, Chad Walker. Diana Gorvenek, Lawrence Abrahams, Peter McCormick from What Bitcoin Did, Emily Molly, Axel Iverson, Christopher Martin, Ryan Sandercock, and Moritz Zumbol. Thank you all so much. Really appreciate it. Like I said, if you like what we're doing, you want to see us do more, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash popular front.